Today on CityCast Chicago, the recent police shootings of Anthony Alvarez and Adam Toledo have members of the media reevaluating how they cover these prominent and persistent stories. We learn more about what the public wants and needs to know when police shoot someone. Today is Monday, May 3rd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. This weekend, Governor Pritzker had some important pandemic-related updates for us. One, he says talks of the vaccine pass in Illinois are premature. And two, he's extended the eviction moratorium across the state for another 30 days. In other news, Parkway Gardens, the subsidized housing complex on the city's south side, maybe you know it as O-Block, according to basically every Chicago rapper, is up for sale. Owners want to offload it. Alderman Taylor says they've mismanaged for years. My question, what's next for the nearly 3,000 residents? Chicago is going to be rainy, but temps in the 70s, so enjoy it, because unfortunately it's going to get chillier again for the rest of the week. Some good news. It is Teacher Appreciation Week starting today, and I don't know about you, but I would not be where I am today if it were not for the amazing teachers I've come in contact with over my life. And so this week, we're going to give them a huge shout out. And that means the teachers in your life. So send us an email at chicago.citycast.fm. Give us your name, your neighborhood, and of course, the amazing teacher you want to shout out. That's your news for Monday, May 3rd. So it's been more than a month since Chicago police shot and killed 13-year-old Adam Toledo. But as the city continues with yet another video of another police shooting in the case of Anthony Alvarez, Chicagoans are questioning how media cover this kind of violence. City Bureau's Ellie Mejia organizes public newsrooms or workshops to help answer these questions. You know, why did you all decide to put on one of these workshops specifically about the Toledo shooting? There was just such a, a felt heaviness across the city. I was feeling a a desire to sort of process that. And I think a lot of other people um, around me were sort of thinking through that as well. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, you know, City Bureau's sort of desire to be locally responsive. And uh, I was like, I think people want to sort of like sit with this topic. Who were some of the people or what were some of the things you were hearing from the the public that showed up? In terms of questions, you know, we really um, lingered a lot on this question of the role of the video, the body cam video, and how to use that, how to treat that, whether or not to publish that, um, the role that it can play in both uh, accountability and fact-checking the police, but also the role that it plays in desensitizing and traumatizing the news consumers and somebody in the chat I think asked this question that was like so it's a trade-off between transparency and like potentially traumatizing people yeah it really because it feels like a zero-sum game it does feel like we are you know rock hard place and I yeah I don't have any clear answers for that either yeah So in addition to your event last week, there was a panel of Chicago reporters talking about covering the police across the city. This event was geared towards other journalists, but it seems like a lot of similar themes came up. 
The Chicago Tribune's Jeremy Gorner talked about police narratives and some of the terms police use. Police are often at loss of a motive for a crime, so they'll call it gang-related. And, and oftentimes what you'll see is because they'll, they'll say that the victim in the case had gang affiliations. Well, as we've seen in recent years, um, the gang database has come under a lot of scrutiny. And oftentimes we used to feel like whenever we would ask for information about a shooting or something, they'd say it's gang-related. You know, in our minds, we're thinking, well, if they say it's gang-related, they're going to that's a way of putting it out there so the public may not care because, oh, these are gang members, nothing to see here. Well, that obviously isn't true. America is really good at utilizing labels. Thug, terrorist, gang member, uh, impoverished, incarcerated. It's really good at using a narrative in a way to signal to the public this person's life does not matter or the complexities of their story are not worth your time, so keep moving. I think that that is exactly what was going on when, you know, we first heard about this case and the video had not yet been released. And uh, again, we heard those buzzwords, right, of like armed conflict, gang-related. I think that it is very easy to fall into that thinking if you don't want to fear that it might happen to you, right? Because you know, you can be like, well, I followed the rules. My kid is good. I, they go to school. They're not out at four in the morning. Um, and like, I empathize with that. That's very human. But if you follow the logical conclusion of, of what those narratives are meant to do, um, then, then like the implication there is like that person deserved to die because they were involved in a gang. And I don't know if I agree with that. The questions that you all were raising in this panel were extremely important. And part of your job is to take those answers that you're getting in the workshop to inform City Bureau's coverage moving forward. What were some of the takeaways that you got from this event outside of just what I'm assuming is pure exhaustion? More context of, of the neighborhood, right? Like more sort of information about Little Village um, and also to have an ongoing relationship to place if possible, right? The tribe did a great job of this, actually. I saw a piece by Kelly Garcia, uh, where she spent some time after the fact just interviewing folks in Little Village. In Justice Watch, uh, Carlos Ballesteros also put out a, a piece similar to this. But yeah, some of the other guidelines also include making sure there's diversity in sources, including age, race, and income. Media outlets should train reporters on trauma-informed ways of interviewing and interacting with community members, being cognizant and empathetic in the wake of traumatic experience, right? So just being mindful of the fact that a tragedy has just occurred and not hounding people. Media outlets and reporters should prioritize getting the story right rather than first. Using active language, right? So none of the like was killed, right? Like by a gun who being did held right. by a nondescript exactly. person. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um another one that I really love, media outlets and reporters should complicate the narrative but not complicate the language, right? Mm -hmm. So make this something that is comprehensive, that provides context and history, but but is still accessible. I'm with City Bureau's community resource organizer Ellie Mejia. Thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Chicago. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here.
In addition to the City Bureau event last week, the Chicago Headline Club hosted journalists who cover the crime and police beat. And moderator Lakidra Chavis, who you've heard here on CityCast, asked the reporters how they handled the stories they see on the beat. Here are Paige Fry and Jeremy Gorner from the Chicago Tribune and City Bureau co-founder Daryl Holliday sharing their experiences. When you report on crime, you can't pretend like there's no emotion in it. Uh, Like it's all, it's so much trauma and the trauma extends to you, extends to the first responders, to the police, to the neighborhood. Um, And so you're part of that ripple effect of the trauma. And journalists specifically have like vicarious trauma and secondhand trauma from it. And I think it's good to address it. And I think it's good to like recognize the way people cope with those there's healthy and unhealthy ways so but it's good to have like a community of journalists as well to talk to and specifically journalists who have covered these issues a film crew from um the east coast came to talk about chicago violence this was several years ago and one of the things they wanted to talk about was um the tyshawn lee murder case and as i started talking about it i mean it never happened to me before on camera i got really choked up. And then the camera started to zoom in. And that's when I really had to pause and just start over again and really play a face. Like I'm just being stoic and, 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 and act like this stuff, you know, um, doesn't bother me when it really does. And one of the things I've been fortunate to do covering a beat is I don't have to just cover stories about street violence. I mean, you know, the police beat is very wide ranging. You know, if I can help it, try to cover other at, other facets of the beat where, you know, where I don't have to expose myself to this, to trauma nonstop, basically. Don't be afraid to seek help. Therapy exists. These are actually, I think there's second, secondary trauma associated with a lot of this reporting. And it's very real. As far as what we do for our staff, I mean, we're in obviously string after string of horrific shooting. Um, it's really about checking in with our staff, whether we're talking as a group or individually, whether folks need time off to process, like taking that very seriously, not making folks just work through this trauma constantly and keep compounding it. And you can hear the full discussion with journalists talking about covering cops and crimes in Chicago at headlineclub.org. Before I let you go, the draft weekend is over and Chicago sports are in an interesting place. The Hawks and Bulls playoff chances are pretty much fading fast. The Sox, Fire and Cubs, well, it's too early to call. The Sky might be on the doorstep of history and the Bears, dare I say it, just had an A-plus draft, y'all. Hey, if you want more information on how the draft went for Chicago, remember Sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. That's our show for Monday, May 3rd. I appreciate you for being here as always. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.